Hey, this is Kiran Nagar from the Sparkling Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Banks Wealth Wealth with us. Banks is a retired Navy senior chief, now leading a successful team of military-minded real estate professionals with one goal: to help people make more educated, informed, and empowered real estate decisions. He's a licensed real estate broker in Florida and Georgia, with over 16 years of experience in real estate. Let's welcome our today's guest, Banks Wealth Wealth. Banks, welcome to the show. Hey. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the show, Banks. Uh, let's begin with the journey. Okay, uh, you were a retired. You are a retired Navy senior chief, right? Tell us about a thrilling story from your Navy experience. Well, thank you for having me on your on your podcast here. And um, I would say the most thrilling experience I had was on a, uh, an aircraft carrier. Um, and uh, I did a cod shot and a trap landing on an aircraft carrier. And there's no no ride at Disney oh World that really uh, matches either <laughs> one of those. Oh, my God. So that's truly a thrilling experience because we can only imagine what you what you were uh, experiencing, right? So, <laughs> so a good experience to have. Even, even you have stories to tell, right? We cannot tell those kind of stories. So tell us, tell us something interesting about real estate life. Something uh, interesting about real estate life or personal life that most people don't know about you, Banks. Well, um, I would say people don't know that I didn't really start this business and get into real estate to uh, to open up a brokerage and to run a lot of agents and that kind of stuff. I I really got into it because I, I felt there was such a need, uh, especially in the military community, who transfer every few years trying to find a house. I mean, it's a very important decision. And most people don't have to make that decision every two to three years, but they do. And I was so lost every time I transferred. And that's why I got into real estate. It was just simply so I could be here to help people, again, make those informed and empowered decisions that were based on, uh, you know, real uh, education. Yeah, yeah. So the struggle that you faced made you an entrepreneur because these are the struggles faced by everyday people. And you need to fix this. And that's how you got into it. Yep. And so from there, to kind of carry on that conversation a little bit further, um, we I went through all aspects of real estate because <laughs> I always felt that I needed to kind of learn every every bit of it. Mm-hmm. So I've gone anywhere from, you know, still helping that helping that first time home buyer mm-hmm. to uh, now we're managing and uh, doing vacation rentals. So mm-hmm. it has been a very exciting challenge because it brings a whole lot of other aspects. But for those investors out there, it really makes a huge difference. And and you really have to have somebody that knows what they're doing with them. Uh, banks, you work with a lot of investors. Is that that's what you're saying? Um, more than first time home buyers, do you have experienced uh, experience with a lot of investors also? Absolutely, yeah. Because you know. Um, <sighs> You know, when I'm talking with people and they just happen to call in, um, I I can bring out those aspects of, of the understanding of the investment because a lot of times, you know, just helping a first-time home buyer is one thing, but helping somebody to understand, you know, how to make the best decisions for that investment property is even more critical because they're really looking on that return on investment. And I see people buying the wrong properties to do the wrong thing. Um, I'll kind of use this as an example. I see a lot of investors going out there and they want to buy these beachfront properties that they're going to pay $2 million for. Mm -hmm. Well, 
the, the return on investment that they, they might get with something like that, I can do that tenfold if I'm buying two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars properties and just have a lot more investments. So mm-hmm. it, it, the return on investment can be four to five times easily what they normally would have been. And and that's just something I learned from experience. You know, getting into it, doing it my, for myself, and then saying, okay, now I'm ready to help others do the same thing. Yes, yes, I get it. I get it. So investing is something and investors are something who re- whom you really help, right? Whom you really understand and you want to help them make informed and educated decisions. Why don't you tell about yep. yourself? Do you invest yourself banks? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, we But we turned almost every property that I own into vacation rentals. So we went from long-term investments to short-term investments. Um, I guess I should have done that back, long-term to short-term. Um, but we, we find that we're getting income-wise three to four times the income. And at uh-huh, the end of the day, uh-huh. the investors is ending up with about 1.6 times the amount of money they normally would have gotten from a long-term rental. And mm-hmm. on top of that, the, these investors actually take be, uh, the the vacation stayers take better pro- uh, care of the property than the long term um, people do. So mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting the thing you can actually make more money and your property is being cared for better. Why don't you tell us about the properties that you have and uh, how, how do you manage to market those properties because those are vacation houses, right? People come and go, people come and go, right? So how do you yes. market them, right? How do you make sure that they're always full? And the second thing is, how, how many properties do you have and who manages them for you? Okay, excellent questions. Um, first of all, um, I actually handle all sales. My wife handles our property management company at Cornerstone Property Management. So she's the broker of that company in Florida and Georgia, and I'm the broker of military realty in Florida and Georgia. Wow. So <laughs> that's how we separate out things. Once, once we buy it, then it's in her court. Or once uh, the investor brings it in, then it's in her court. That way uh, I can focus on what's important sales-wise, and she can focus uh, with her team. She has three full-time people that do property management for long term. And then she has one person that does property management for short term. And then she has one that assists her with HOA management. So pretty much all aspects of real estate there. Um, But as far as how many properties that we own, uh, my wife and I own uh, uh, five um, picking up, excuse me, six right now, picking up the seventh uh, basically as we speak. And um, those are for short-term rentals. We have one that's still a long-term rental. We still haven't um, transitioned that over. Um, but uh, the thing that's dynamic and different about our area is because we're not looking at vacationers. As funny as that may sound, we're looking at um, contractors because we have Navy bases here all over Northeast Jacksonville and Southeast Florida, uh, Georgia. So it's the contractors that come in to keep our property full. So we kind of get away from a lot of that seasonality you get with vacation properties. Um, on top of that, we do manage about 200 uh, plus uh, long-term rentals. Um, and I think we're for up clients. to a lot of vacation right. rentals right now. For clients. What? For clients. 200 rentals for clients. You yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we manage them for our, our own property as well. But yes, this is most of this is for other clients. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So why don't you give us more idea, right? Uh, Because you suggest your way of looking at things is completely different from other investors. My question is to you, right? People look for long-term like renters, right? The people, tenants who would live there for longer time. You look for short-term who are contractors. How do you, how do you find those people? How do you find those people uh, who who would live there for, let's say, particularly, let's say one month, 
and then leave the property. What is the way of finding those people? Um, well, as far as where we're finding them, I, I got to have asked you restate the last part of your question, but we actually have four different places that we uh, market primarily as properties. We have Logify, we have Booking.com, VRBO, and Airbnb. And then, of course, on top of that, we actually use the multiple listing service since we have access to that. So five different places that we list the properties and then all those calendars are synced into one so that we're not just locked into just putting our property over here, over here. We got them on every platform that that is really getting them good exposure. And what you're suggesting is that if if we, if the investors follow this, right, uh, the, the passive income is good, right? Because again, speaking of long-term tenants, you'll get passive income, right? And you'll make sure that you get it each month but using mm-hmm. using your property like this is property on business, right? It's not property on job wherein you're getting a particular amount of money each week, each month, but you are you are making different money from each client. That's right. Absolutely. Um, and and yeah, we're a lot of those contractors are actually long-term stays. I mean, we have uh, three of our properties right now booked for three plus months uh, uh, to the same clients. So when you're talking about now renting a property at $140 a night, you know, when that property would normally rent for $1,200 a month, okay. you know, you can kind of run the numbers and see how that extrapolates to a much higher number. Um, yeah. But yes, so we are we try to maximize based on where their location is. There's not all not all properties are good for for vacation rentals, okay. but our whole area is good for both, both vacation and for long term rental. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just saying the bottom line is if I'm going to make the same investment, I might as well put furnishings in there and make more money off of that. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, I got it, I got it. Thank you so much for giving me that perspective and the investors on this show listening to this podcast that perspective of looking at the things. Because now when I invest in a property, I won't be looking for a a permanent tenant, but I would be rather looking for so many tenants by furnishing it and make more money, of course. So thank you, Bank, for changing my life. (laughs) Let's move on to the next question. Absolutely. Uh, So A lot of people, the next question they asked is that, hey, well, how are you going to get these furnished and everything like that? And and we do have people to go in and set them up, get them furnished, order all the stuff, get in place, decorate it, and all that kind of stuff for them. So that's that's never a problem. Okay. And now you manage 200 uh, clients already, right? Uh, Yeah, over 200, yes. Over 200, yes. Uh, how do you how do you manage them? How many people do you have in your team who, who are helping you with all this? Well, again, um, I'm actually doing the sell side, so I help them acquire the properties. Um, but my wife, uh, Cornerstone Property Management, which is also the highest rated property management company in the area, she has three full-time folks and two of them are licensed. Okay. Um, and, and she actually has four, one that helps her with HOA management as well, uh-huh. homeowners associations, big um, you know, pro- big groups of properties. Mm-hmm. And then she has a person that just does vacation rental management for us. Okay. Okay. That was a very good suggestion. So why don't you tell us, how do you get clients, right? Like, uh, how do you, how do you make clients to, 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 to use your suggestion, right? Because of course Mm -hmm. they will look at the money, but they also have risk of not having that job kind of income, right? Wherein they are getting Mm -hmm. a particular set of money every month. So how do you convince them that this is going to happen and you have to believe in us? Well, first of all, I tell people to to look where, you know, look at me and our companies, um, yeah. see how we stack up against other companies, because usually what other people are saying about you is how they find me in the first place and how these folks might find me. 
So if you were to do a search on military realty of Kings Bay or Kingsland, Georgia real estate, you're going to find that we come up number one. And that's not just number one. It's actually, we have more five-star reviews than every other real estate company in the entire county combined. So when I say that we can, we can show that by our success and they can look at what other people are saying about myself and my agents to, to see that we're here really to, 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 to make sure that they're successful in their endeavor. We're not just here to uh, to care about a paycheck. This is about service. And you find that if you provide service, well, the rest follows on. Yeah. So you're going to find that for Kings and Georgia. If you do a search, you're going to find that in Uly, Florida. If you do a search, um, we are the number one real estate companies that are here and we're ready to serve. Yeah. Uh, so, so trusting banks with your property is a fact, actually. <laughs> So it is just a fact that you I have that's to, easy <laughs> to see online. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you have to believe that. <laughs> so now tell us what do you think uh, helps an entrepreneur become successful? Okay. Uh, because personalities could be changed, right? An introvert can become extrovert when it is required, right? So why don't you tell us about the core of, of an entrepreneur to succeed? What, what should be at the core? Thanks. Uh, for an so, entrepreneur and for an investor. Uh, please, please tell us, right? Because entrepreneur know how to, how to make money, but investor knows how to invest, right? So give us more of for both. Well, uh, if we're looking for um, how we protect a property owner that's that's not here, and that's what most investors are, uh, they could be anywhere in the world for that matter. Um, but what we do is we run extensive background checks uh, for uh, for criminal history, previous rental history, and all those kind of things that most property managers are already doing. And then we have a, a, a hands property approach where we go and inspect the property interior every year to make sure that we're getting a good idea to make sure that they're not damaging the property and those kind of things. So we're really protecting their investment. But what's interesting is on the vacation rental space, we have had almost zero damages, uh, zero, because there's there's insurance policies that are in place that we make them uh, pick up whenever they rent one of our properties. So an investor with a vacation property almost has zero risk of anything happening to his property whatsoever because it's insured from the start. Does, does that make sense? Yes, yes. So as an investor, uh, looking at, at the perspective is is understandable. The way that you look at is agreeable, right? But uh, tell me about this question. What should be at the core, right? So if I'm making money as an entrepreneur, right? Uh, how do I look at investing? How do I look at investing? Because I'm making money, but how do I start with investing? Um, I'm, I'm not sure I'm understanding the question right. Sorry. Uh, so my question, Banks, is let's say I'm an entrepreneur, all right? I'm making money, okay? But I don't know how to invest. I want to become an investor, right? Uh, and I'm in India right now, right? Uh, most Some of your clients could be out of Georgia and Florida, whom you cannot, cannot advise at the moment, right? So what would be advice for for people who are making money but don't know how to invest? Excellent question. Okay. So here's what I tell people because I really believe in real estate. And if you look at over time, since uh, since inception, really, of, mm-hmm. of any kind of tracking for, for a return on investment for the Dow Jones, for gold, for any commodity that's out there, because investing in real estate is simply a choice. You're either going to put your money here, here, or here. 
Yes, now, sir. if we look at the inflationary measures out there and the, how inflation is actually declining the value of our money, and at the same time, real estate has actually surpassed the, the inflationary measures right now, um, it's the only thing that has had a consistent return to beat inflation. And it's the only investment that you can make if you're trying to decide if you want to put your money in gold or in real estate, okay? If you don't need your gold right now, you can't rent it out to somebody else. You can certainly, you can just wait for it to go up and down in value and, and cash out at different times. Yeah. But with real estate, the difference is you let somebody else pay you to rent that asset. You can't do that with stocks. You can't do that with gold. So Absolutely. it's the only thing that allows you to do that that has consistently outbeat inflation over the long term. And to, to take it a step further, if that gold goes up and down, sure, you got to wait for it to sell here and there. But if you look at long time with real estate, it's the only investment that has that has rebounded above this previous measure every single time we have had a downturn. So let's say we're expecting a downturn in real estate market right now. Well, I'm, I'm investing long term. I'm not investing short term. So I can expect that even if I have a downturn in value, I'm going to have somebody paying uh, uh, paying for um, rents during that time frame, which also have always gone up, even during downturns in the market, rent prices have actually always gone up. And then if I have a, a downturn in the market, I can just wait that out until I'm ready to sell that asset at some point, if I'm ever going to sell it. Yes, yes, I agree with you. Banks, banks, I agree with you, everything that you're saying. But how do we look at the money perspective? How much money should we put down? What what kind of EMI should we select, right? A plan of paying, yeah. So how do we pay the mortgage? How do you acquire the property, right? Give us an idea about that. Okay, well, there are some some uh, banks out there that will lend to foreign investors, okay? that That's not really my forte, connecting them to a foreign a bank. That's no, 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 let's not, let's, not make it, let's not make it for foreign, right? I don't want to invest. Uh -huh. But people in US, the citizens, if they want to invest, all right? Yeah, so how much should they put down so that they can acquire multiple properties, right? So, so uh, there is something, I don't know what exactly do you call it, but after five properties, it is easier to buy six property. That is what it is said, right? Reason being is five That's properties it. you have in your asset. So how do you collect those five properties? Give us idea about that. How much should we put down on each each uh, each property that we are acquiring. How do you think about that? Okay. Yes. Well, for, as an investor, typically the the least amount that you can put down is twenty percent. Okay. But I always tell investors you're going to get a much better tax. Your your interest rate actually goes down if you hit thirty percent or above. If you can get all the way to fifty percent, you you'll also see. Um, uh, downward interest rates. So that at that point in time, past twenty percent, it really becomes a function of of how much capital you have to put down, okay. um, because it will affect your interest rate in the end, which is going to affect your bottom line. Okay. But if you wanted to maximize the amount of properties that you can buy, twenty yes. percent would be the minimum that that I would look at. Okay. Okay. Thirty percent. Thirty percent is advisable, right? But if you want to acquire so many properties. Uh, you can go with 20%, but 30% is always advisable. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Banks. Thank you so much, Banks, for giving us that knowledge. Now tell us about your experience as a realtor. Okay. Uh, why don't you tell us what are the difficulties that you're dealing with uh, as, a, as a realtor today because the market is shifting 
right what is the difficulties that you're facing and how what is your plan to overcome those difficulties well the bottom line is that uh we are shifting right now and we're shifting pretty hard based on interest rates going up yeah um just just four or five months ago we were in a in just a hard uh seller's market where yeah. things were going much higher than the market value and those kind of things obviously now like you said we've shifted um we're we're at a higher inventory rate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we were looking at 15 days to, to two to a month's worth of inventory just a few months ago. Whereas now we're looking at a, a 45 days inventory. Here's what I would tell people. It's that's still a healthy amount of inventory because 90 days is actually considered healthy for buyers and sellers in a market. We've just gotten used to this two days on the market as a as a norm. It's not. It's just that's been a very uh, just flash in the pan kind of market. Mm. Now, people are saying, well, what do I do about five percent interest rates, six percent interest rates, seven percent interest rates? Mm. Well, the bottom line is look back over history. Back in the 80s, we were at 19 percent interest. Run mm. those numbers and you'll, you'll see what, what, what a challenge that was back when people were making a lot less money. OK, so yeah. you, you have some different factors that combine cause uh, that 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 all together based on people's income current interest rates and current value of property, they come together to, to tell you the housing affordability index. Yeah. So just because interest rates are now back to the five, 6% range, that's actually going to become the norm. And once it is set in that that's the norm, people will go back into the buying mode again. Yes, yes. Understood, understood. So I understand the market now and the way that you look at it. So why don't you tell us about the way that you market yourself? Uh, do you use online platforms like uh, social media, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and what is your way of looking at internet in general? Well, I would tell you that um, any kind of social media is pretty much done by my receptionist, you know, just posting things here and there. How do people find us? Uh, again, they do a search, Kings and Georgia real estate. And what comes up is... Google's rankings on companies. We're at 4.9 stars. That's one place where people find us. Other places on Zillow. The number one marketplace for for real estate is Zillow right now. And we're going to show up number one on that platform as well. Mm -hmm. So that's how people find us consistently because most of our market comes from people transferring from one base to here. So the military they're transferring in. And the only way they have to find us is simply typing in, here's where I'm going to. I'm going to Kings Bay, Georgia. I'm going to Kings and Georgia. I'm going to Jacksonville, Florida, Uly, Florida. And from there, that's where they're going to find us. Yes, yes, I get it. So as, as you are into educating and empowering people, right, on buying, selling, and investing, uh, have you looked at video as, as a way of communicating? Because video is on trend. Right, shorter forms of content. The Gen Z loves TikTok, right? The millennials love Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts, right? That is going to be the trend, according to some experts. So, how do you how do you look at video content? And now, as the trend has shifted to shorter forms of content, how do you look at it? Well, I love them from a perspective of me looking at other people doing things. It's uh, not something I've used a lot of personally, to be honest with you. Um, and um, uh, 
I would just tell you that I'm, I'm very successful at the media and the and the places that I am reaching out to people and making sure that people can find us on those major platforms. Um, should, should I look more into getting into those? Yes, but but honestly, uh, other than being a user of them, I'm not I'm not uh, a user of them from the professional standpoint, really, right now. Well, well, you could be right because you're really good with speaking. At least uh, from this camera perspective, <laughs> I can look, I can see that you can speak. Uh, and again, uh, I suggest you do. But right now, let's move on to the next question. Let's say you had ten thousand dollars on your budget. Okay, uh, right now, today, at this point, how would you want to invest it, and why, Banks? If I had $10,000 to invest today, um, well, of course, you're not going to find much in real estate in the $50,000 range, which would be 20% down for that. <laughs> um, and I, I honestly don't think that the dirt is a good investment for people. So um, if I only had $10,000, I would, um, <laughs> I'd probably look to try to tie up with another investor that also has $10,000 and, and try to, to make their, um, you know, make their money grow together. Yeah. Um, because other than, you know, simple stocks and gold and stuff like that, um, from a real estate perspective, I don't have a good answer for you for 10 grand. Okay. Okay. I get it, Bans. Totally. I do. Thank you so much for sharing that, Bans. Why don't you tell us about your favorite quotation? My favorite quotation. Um, tomorrow is not promised. Today is a gift and yesterday is a memory. So yesterday is a memory. Today is a gift and tomorrow is a possibility. It's not promised. It's not promised. It's not promised and there is, there is a possibility of it. But uh, just to elaborate, why don't you tell us about the present? How should people look at present? As, as it is the only moment that you have, right? Uh, why don't you tell us about how to look at present? Because people are crumbled with thoughts, right? They they just keep getting so many thoughts and they just go with the flow of those thoughts and not take decisions intentionally. So how to do how to do that? Well, I would I would tell them you know you can't waste the present. Um, and there's a lot going on right now that uh, people need to be actively involved and in making sure that uh, you know that their voice is heard. But you have to make the most of every day. And I've been through good times and I've been through some really bad times. And as long as you keep a good outlook moving forward and you're looking for a direction to go forward, then you're going to find your way. You're going to find your way to the right place. So as past is always a memory, even if someone spills wine on you, red wine on you, just take it as a memory because this has already happened. Go <laughs> and all right. <laughs> so past is a memory, live in present and enjoy the moment. With that said, why don't you tell us about the book that you're writing, Max? If you were to write about the investing career, about your personal life, about the way that you look, in, look at things, what would be the name of the book? The name of the book? Uh, I would say that the name would be Luck, okay? Because my definition of luck is where pre preparation meets opportunity. And so many people look at their, their lives as I'm not lucky or this person is lucky, you know, and uh, overall, if I'm rolling craps and doing dice, I'm not going to be that lucky. But when I prepare myself and an opportunity shows itself in front of me because I'm prepared for it, then that's where my luck has happened. And, and honestly, that's how I, I read my life right now. So luck is nothing but uh, when preparation meets opportunity. So that is well said. And luck 
by banks when kind <laughs> so where can the listeners find you banks tell us about your instagram tell us about your website tell us everything uh, like you have told that you, you could be found on google easily tell us about other ways of finding you Well, again, I told you I'm not really big on a lot of places. So I would just tell people if, again, so if somebody's searching for me, if they want to find me, I would tell them to to search for my area. And, you know, again, Kingsland, Georgia, um, real estate. I mean, if you do that search and, I, and I'm not impressing you enough by that because I'm showing up number one on every single platform, then... You know, it's like when I go out to eat at a restaurant, you know, if I find one that's 4.9 and one that's 4.5, I'm going to click on the 4.9 first. I'm not going to even go to the 4.5. That's how I measure my success and how people can find me in my area. Yeah. So do reach out to him, guys. He's a wonderful person to speak with. And if you are an investor and not investing with banks, then what are you doing? His name is bank. <laughs> so, <laughs> so... Banks, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure and honor to host you today. Absolutely. It was a pleasure as well on my end. And I, re I really appreciate the opportunity. And I guess as a final note, I just let people know that, of course, you know, I'm in this little bitty area here. So I'm not a worldwide or anything like that. But what I'm willing to do is if somebody wants to buy real estate in a different area mm -hmm. and they need help with that, I will help them find somebody in that area that, that has the kind of same drive that I do. So that's my promise. Thanks for sharing that, that Banks. And with that said, that was today's episode of the Sparkling Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Kiran Agrar, signing off. You guys have a wonderful day, night or evening. Bye, guys. Be blessed. <laughs>